If you think you know about mental illness, think again. This is We Are Hope, the radio program with host and co-founder Sean Perry. Mental illness has reached an all-time high in this country and beyond. We're here to break the stigma through change, discussion, and support. Now, here is your host, Sean Perry. Hello and welcome to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from the space on Maine in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. We Are Hope is a nonprofit organization that brings anxiety education, coaching, trauma-informed interactive services, suicide prevention, collaborative problem solving, and emotional CPR to individuals and schools that are struggling to find affordable support options. We partner with school districts anywhere in the country to support students that are struggling. We support them in a way that has never been done before in a school setting. We bring services directly to the child in a one-on-one setting five days a week. This allows for a level of consistency that is unmatched in our public schools. If you know of a school or a child that can utilize our services, please email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also contact me via phone at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wearehope.org. Hope Inc. If you would like to book me to come speak in your school or community on how to best support anxieties that children are struggling with, please email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. And remember that We Are Hope is W-E-R-H-O-P-E. Again, that's W-E-R-H-O-P-E. So on today's show, I have the privilege privilege of speaking with my friend and colleague, Wayne Miller. We have a lot to discuss today, so I want to go ahead and jump right in. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Sean. Um, Can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and and, and what it is that you do? Yeah, so um, my name is Wayne Miller. Uh, I live in the Upper Valley region in Vermont, um, and I work in the addiction recovery field. Uh, I've been doing that work for going on six years now. And I'm in recovery myself. Um, uh, September 4th, I'll uh, be celebrating seven years in recovery. And I manage a recovery center. Thank you. And I manage a recovery center in Claremont, New Hampshire, um, where our primary focus is peer-based recovery services and programs. Great. So that's going to lead me right into into this next question. And what do you feel really brought you to this work? I mean, so, you know, you're in recovery yourself. I, I understand that. But did, did you have this passion to support people, you know, years ago um, before that? You know, what really brought you to this work? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think it was definitely one of those things that I discovered, like, through hindsight um, that I can look back on my life and and recall plenty of occasions and relationships that I've had where people um, turn to me for help or support or input. And I mean, we all know those people in our lives. Like there's some of us are just in those roles, Um, but I never envisioned to doing it professionally or anything like that. Um, And then it was really being in recovery myself and that I my recovery, my pathway into recovery was through a peer-based model, so it was through a 12-step program, um, and I kind of just stumbled into that. It wasn't something that I was even seeking. I wasn't trying to get clean or anything like that. It just kind of fell upon me, and mm-hmm. the, those relationships there and just being able to hear firsthand um, p- 
people's lived experiences. It wasn't somebody, you know, talking at me. It's somebody talking right. to me and, and through me, really. Um, right. I could see myself reflected in their stories. And just that, that power of genuine connection and the time that you save with the, just the concept of I get it. So we don't need to spin in circles trying to, you know, process and dissect what addiction is right. or is it a disease or this or that. It's just like, I get it. You get it. Okay, here we go. Um, right, right. And so that, that excitement that I got from that um, in my own early recovery really just I, basically just, uh, it made me want to be able to experience that with other people. Right. You know, I want to touch on a couple of things that you just said there. First, it's interesting that you said, you know, you, you always felt like people were always coming to you, um, you know, early on. And, and, and we all know someone that's like that. And, and we're, you know, people are often drawn to certain people. It's interesting. When I had moved from Connecticut to Vermont, um, I used to have I used to wake up in cold sweats. It was a whole new uh, life for me, um, you know, being in Connecticut, mm-hmm. the hustle and the bustle to living here. But I used to have these dreams of being in front of people and speaking in front of large crowds. And I never, ever knew what it meant. And now it is actually my life, right? So I I believe that we have a calling that has been placed on our lives long before we ever knew it. And we have to go through these trials and tribulations. And I went through plenty of them um, in our lives in order to get us to that point. And uh, so, so when I always hear when I hear someone else who's able to 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 articulate that, um, I'm always uh, I, I'm all, I, I always feel connected to that person a little bit more because I I know that feeling, um, and I also wanted to go ahead and touch really quickly on um, you know feel, you know talking to people and not feeling as though they're talking at you, but that they really get you and they understand you. You know, because in our work with working with children all day, you know, people ask, I was just in the new school today and, and a woman said to me, she goes, how the heck, we just met this kid for the second day, how the heck did you just do that? And I said, well, we don't talk at them, we talk with them. Mm-hmm. And we allow their voice to be heard in this room. And she's like, that is just absolutely amazing. She guys, she's like, you guys are rock stars. And we've only been there for two days, we haven't even done any work yet. <laughs> You know what I mean? And the like mind blowing part of that, which it's not mind blowing once you've been in the field, but like probably to the just to the casual listener, it's like the idea that something that just seems so it, what should be the norm to actually not talk at someone right. and to let them be heard, like that's like a um innovative thing in our field. And it's it's yeah. It's baffling to me sometimes. It, it's you know what? You're right. It's hilarious because I have teachers asking me all the time, what is the best advice you can give me? And I said, shut up and listen. <laughs> the absolute best advice I can give you. Just shut up and listen. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, shut up and just listen. And when you do that, you don't have to say anything. Nine times out of 10, the situation that's happening is going to explain itself and its solution is going to come with, with, um, with that. So, um, so I want to go ahead and jump into the Center for Recovery. You know, this is, you know, this is kind of your baby. Um, uh, and you, and you've got two, right? So, um, we're going to talk about the center for recovery first. What is the center? Yeah. So, um, we just passed our one year mark as far as when we had opened. So it was last July, um, prior to starting, uh, the work on the center, I had been managing another recovery center in Claremont, um, and it closed due to funding. And so I had gone to some of the community partners, um, public health network in the region, and uh, Dartmouth-Hitchcock is a big player in the area, 
And I, once I'd got, gotten the news, I let them know that, you know, in two weeks, they're pulling the plug on this center, and I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with the people that I've already been working with. I had been there for just a little over a year at that point. And um, thankfully, uh, Maggie Monroe Castle, she's the executive director at TLC Family Resource Center, we were working together on a group for parents in recovery at the time. And mm-hmm. so she um, stepped up and basically said, well, let's take this on, you know, under under the TLC umbrella and make a new recovery center. Um, awesome. So that's what ended up happening. Um, we awesome. do, like I had said before, we do peer-based work. So what that is, um, it's like... Uh, you know, originally I could have said, like, we don't have any level of clinical service whatsoever. And now that has changed as well recently. Mm. I can share about that a little bit. But um, primarily it's the, the keeping the integrity of it. It's that the staff, the volunteers um, are all coming from a place of some form of lived experience. Right. Um, right. So whether that is I'm a family member of someone with addiction, mental health issues, or I am living with those issues myself. Um, I'm in recovery. I'm contemplating recovery. Um, you know, we have volunteers that um, may or may not be actively using. Um, so right. there's also that idea of uh, acceptance of a harm reduction model rather than expecting abstinence, um, you know, or quote-unquote being clean from right. people who just want to be able to help in some way and in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. we have, you know, we provide space for 12-step groups to run meetings there, um, we have groups that we run ourselves. We have, um, we partnered with a company called Better Life Partners last November, um, and they provide medication-assisted treatment. Um, okay. so we were one of the first peer-based recovery centers to bring that model into the center. Um, and so basically how that works is we um, have the group there, and a doctor comes in and works with, the, um, the group members, they meet with them once a month, and their prescription, all of that stuff's handled off-site. Okay. Really, they're just at the center for their group. Um, and it's, again, it's something that just seems like it would make sense, but it's innovative in the way that traditionally MAT, medication-assisted treatment services, are like in a isolated clinic. So like you mm-hmm. hear people say, a suboxone clinic. Um, right, right, there's right. no peer-based recovery groups happening there. There's no like you know, community events or activities or anything. It's you go to this thing for an hour and you leave, and then you may or may not see the people in that group until your next week. Right. Um, and so here we are really trying to foster a community of recovery right. and a space for people to build their foundation of recovery and to be able to go on their own journey and if they so choose to do so, to be able to help somebody else in theirs as well. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting. I was going to say, it, it sounds to me that you are creating a community. And 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 uh, I'm really excited to hear that because um, in my work, as you know, I believe that it takes a village. Um, but, but I'm also really excited that you guys will hopefully be doing the emotional CPR training because it is so in line with what you're doing already that I think it's just going to absolutely blow your mind. Um, and and it, it goes right into the work that you're doing. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, there is a a crisis, <laughs> right? And I want to talk about this really quickly, and we'll probably come back to it after break, but I want to just kind of throw this out there before break. There is a crisis in this country uh, around addiction and mental health and mental illness. Mm. What need 
in in a few short words before break, are you seeing in the community that you're currently in when it comes to addiction services? What need? A need that's not being addressed? Um, let's talk about level of need, right? Like when we talk about need, like what, like who needs it, right? Like, you know, we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, the basic, you know, the basic homemaker to the school teacher, to the, to the doctor themselves, to the, you know, what are we seeing here? I mean, addiction does not discriminate Mm -hmm. is really probably the simplest way to put that. We, you know, there are people that are in every level of professionalism. There are people in all trades and fields. Um, our, our core population that we work with at the center and that actually accesses our, um, our space and our services are mostly people that are in early recovery um, mm, okay. rather than, yeah, in long-term or that are in these professional roles already. So they're kind of starting from square one. Right. Um, so it's a lot of intensive... Um, almost like putting out fires, like crisis management. Okay. Um, which kind of just, you know, quantifies the level of um, exhaustion some days. Right. <laughs> right. On that note, <laughs> it, it, it's time for a break. Um, if you or someone you know is struggling, remember that there is hope. Anytime, anywhere, through We Are Hope's telecoaching platform. Please give me a call today at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we'll be discussing mental illness and preventative work. Don't forget to check us out at www.wearehope.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope Inc. If you would like to connect with the Center for Recovery, you can find them uh, Center for Recovery Resources. You can find them on Facebook at at Recovery Resource Center. Again, that's at Recovery Resource Center or their website at tlcfamilyrc.org slash the center. Again, that's tlcfamilyrc.org slash the center. If you would like to contact Wayne about Living Proof Mentoring, which we're going to talk about later, you can follow him on Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring. Again, that's at Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring or his website at lpmentoring.org. We'll be back in a minute. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Redson. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to We Are Hope. If you're interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. You're listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Stigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I am coming to you live from the Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont, on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also uh, call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at wearehopeinc. All right, so we're back. And I told you guys before we started the show that we had a lot to talk about today. Um, and so, Wayne, I want to go ahead and, and move this conversation to mental illness. And I want to talk about what correlations are you seeing with mental illness and addiction? Well, um, I mean, the correlations are there right from the start. So really, the you know, before we even like start dissecting any of that, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit and say sure, the only sure. reason that these two issues or topics are um, even separated out or that we speak about them differently really comes down to the funding. Mm, Um, The funding historically has been siloed um, and it's really hard to combat that. So every now and then you'll see grants that, you know, link um, mental health issues and addiction and offer co-occurring programming or incentives for agencies and organizations to do that when really it should be happening all the time. I could not agree more. I just saw a grant like that uh, about a month and a half ago. <laughs> yes, it's like here we want to we want to um, treat this as if it's a special, you know, unique situation. Really, it's it's more often than not the case. Correct. Yeah. So, so in 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 your organization, I heard you say earlier um, before the break that um, it's it's peer run. Um, and now you guys have, if I'm not mistaken, I think you said like a therapist or more therapeutic support um, that is there. Um, so what mental uh, mental health supports are intertwined within recovery typically? Um, usually the the um, coping techniques or the, the approach to the recovery process is therapeutic. Okay. So the recovery process itself, I think regard almost, you know, regardless of what path in recovery you choose, um, Mm. there's a therapeutic element to it. Even if we look at a a 12-step program, the 12-step process and going through those steps, that is a therapeutic process. Okay. You have to have the acceptance that you have a problem. You have to to say it out loud. You have to share it with somebody. You have to dig through your character defects and the things you've done in the past and make amends to people. And then, you know... um, seeking out like a spiritual awakening so you can have this growth. And but all of that is about progress and that's a, it's mm. a therapeutic thing. Um, okay. And then if you have like a, 
a treatment approach to your recovery. So whether that's in residential treatment or intensive outpatient program um, or you're on a medication-assisted treatment program, there are going to be therapeutic elements to that as well, whether that's just the basics of a group um, mm. or, or a medical therapeutic process. Right, right, right. Okay. So, you know, the correlation, like you said, you know, we see that the, the correlation between mental illness and, and addiction is, is completely intertwined. Now, as you know, we are hope is all about prevention, right? We believe that if we if we can start supporting um, anxieties at a young age with children in the schools, that that not only can we uh, help them achieve their goals within schools, but we we honestly believe that you know those anxieties are what lead um, to addiction. So, what is the center currently doing to support youth that currently aren't using? what may likely lo- uh, use based on a number of factors, um, you know, you know, so, uh, a number of their societal, societal factors or even, you know, ACEs scores, right? So, I mean, mm. uh, you know, what, you know, what, what do you guys, what do you guys do as far as outreach for, for children in that regard? Um, so forth and so on. So traditionally we've gone about it by um, treating prevention by way of through the parent, because that's usually who we're working with. Um, right. We Several months ago, we were able to get a grant to hire a family recovery support coordinator mm. um, who has an extensive background in um, child education and um, parent aid um, and actually worked at TLC prior to the center um, to so that we could start doing more family-oriented programming and getting some access to to the the kids and young adults that are in these families that were already working with their parents, but before that we didn't really have a way to work with the kids because they don't traditionally right. bring them to their recovery group. Right, um, right, right. And the setting that wasn't really made for it, even you know just the physicality of it. So we've started looking at different ways to approach programming. Um, you know, we I've already brought it up that we want to do something with you <laughs> in more right. than one way. Um, to get some programming in there, some training, some workshops. Um, and then the community itself has been looking at, you know, some prevention grants. And I keep hearing everyone's, you know, buzzing around this and saying that's going to be the next wave of funding is going mm. to be towards prevention. Um, and I just really would like us to not reinvent the wheel um, <laughs> and to access right. the resources that are already available to us, like, right, I don't know, right. our hope. Um, yeah, rather yeah, than exactly. spending a year worth of meetings to to look at, well, what could we do? Well, why don't we right. just start something? Well, that's the thing, Wayne. Right. So, what we understand is, you know, um, you know, we are a new organization. So, so I always take that into consideration when, when, especially when you talk about like, let's not reinvent the wheel. But we are a new organization. People need to know about us and need to hear about us. But there, but, but along with that, you're right. There is an organization that is readily available to be anywhere in this country anytime somebody needs us, right? Mm. But most importantly, in our own backyard, you know, and Claremont, right. Claremont is in our own backyard. And, you know, since the day you and I have met, we've talked about being able to set something up to work with these kids because the reality is uh, the Just Say No campaign from the 80s doesn't work, right? Mm. We need to support 
those anxieties that are bringing them to do these things from the beginning. And if we can meet them at young ages in kindergarten and first grade, second grade and, 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 and you know, and up, um, we can really help to prevent. And then most importantly, right, going ahead and, and teaching moms and dads um, and parents and, and other parents and caregivers exactly what help to bring them to that role and teach them about their anxieties. Because when that anxiety is um, uh, um, relieved, then the need for wanting to use and the need for, for all these things, that, that subsides. So really teaching them about you know, their anxieties um, you know, and, and how to go ahead and do that. So what do you think um, is needed for youth to have not only a better grasp on addiction, um, but supports that are available to prevent addiction or substance misuse in the first place? I think being able to, so first of all, that their parents do have access to services and support is important mm-hmm. because if the kid is getting help or they're working on their stuff, but that's not happening for the family overall or in the home, you're still right. setting them up for failure, essentially. Right. So right. the right. family basically needs to be in recovery together. Oh, okay. um, if, if the addiction yeah. piece has already happened and let's say, you know, we work with a lot of like, um, uh, families affected by incarceration. Um, mm. if the parents are already in active addiction or they're in early recovery, the, there's trauma has already taken place. So yeah. it's not really, we're not even, I guess at that point, we're already moved past prevention because it's already happened. Right, and so really right, what right. we're trying to do is prevent further harm. And we're trying to prevent the cycles being repeated when right. this child gets older, when they reach um, young adult or adult age, and then right. um, they go down their own path of addiction because yeah. coping techniques are human nature. We want to cope with the situations that we're dealing with and yeah, without a doubt. and using drugs and um, alcohol and other um, pathways to addiction as an escape. I mean, it's just, it's just too easy to do that. Right, um, right. I mean, I know that was definitely part of my story. It was definitely um, a way for me to escape my, my own traumas and issues that I was dealing with race and harassment and, you know, then just wanting to belong, that sense of belonging that, again, is about human nature. And that's mm-hmm. why we try to combat addiction with community because having a purpose, having having a goal and having a community are really probably the three strongest tools we have against addiction. We just don't seem to utilize them the right way. Yeah. And it's interesting, as you were saying that I started to think about um, that show cheers and I believe in Mm -hmm. the theme song, it says where everybody knows your name. And so in addiction, right, we're in addiction, you know, you're going to that bar because it's giving you, you know, you've got the misfits, if you will, together, and you have this sense of community. Um, It just so happens that it's the wrong sense of community, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you don't have that, um, you know, uh, recovery in itself can be hard. And so I really love what you guys are doing um, by creating uh, that level of uh, community within your program to to really um, to fill that void because you know you know recovery in itself alone is I, I just couldn't even I couldn't imagine someone trying to to do that alone um, I, I, yeah I just couldn't so 
Listen, it's time for another break, and, and I want to thank you so far, Wayne, and we're going to come back, um, and we're going to talk about some really cool stuff, uh, your other project there. Um, but before we do, if you or someone you know is currently struggling, remember there's hope anytime, anywhere through our telecoaching platform. Please feel free to give me a call at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. When we return, we're going to be switching gears and discussing Wayne's other work, Living Proof Mentoring. And I got to tell you guys, I love this. I absolutely love it. I love the work that he's doing. I'm so behind it. Um, And if I wasn't doing everything I was doing, I'd probably have a mentee myself. Um, Don't forget, you can check us out at www.wearehope.org. Again, that's www.wearehope.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wearehope.inc. And again, if you would like to follow or contact the Center for Recovery Resources, you can find them on Facebook at Recovery Resources Center. Again, that's at Recovery Resource Center. Um, And on the website at tlcfamilyrc.org slash the center. Um, you can also uh, follow Wayne at Living Proof Mentoring at, on Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring. Again, that's Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring or his website at lpmentoring.org. Again, that's lpmentoring.org. Um, we'll be back in a minute. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you know what it's like when this world's so cold? You are listening to We Are Hope. If you are interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
All right, welcome back. You are listening to We Are Hope, breaking the stigma through change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I'm coming to you live from the Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont, on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Are Hope, uh, at we Are Hope Inc. All right, guys, so we are about to jump into this amazing segment that, that I'm really excited about. Um, we're going to be talking to Wayne um, about living proof mentoring. Wayne, you know, when you sent me the description of uh, some of your some of the stuff, you used the word racial isolation. And we are in uh, two of the whitest states in the in the country here uh, as twin mm-hmm. states. Um, why did you get this started? Um, for that very reason, for the demographics, um, yeah. for the isolation factor, and it all, you know, and, it and, lines up with to, what I already do. Yeah, Wayne, not to cut you off real quick, but when you say ra- racial isolation, can you just explain what that means so that our listeners really know? Yeah. Um, so... It's a. It sounds like a strange term, um, and whenever I type it, uh, Grammarly tells me that it's wrong, so I don't know <laughs> what to think about that. Um, it's definitely not wrong because it's real, but um, basically what that comes down to is that we, we already know that um, you know, being a person of color, you're in the minority as far as demographics go in this country, but mm-hmm. there are places that are even more unique in that we are a, mini- a minority within a minority, and you can go an entire day without seeing another person of color. So Vermont has just over 1% um, of people identifying as black African American in the entire state. Um, and New Hampshire, I think the numbers are similar. And we kind of compete with Maine for which one of us is going to be number one and kind of shuffle around between Maine, right. Vermont, and New Hampshire of um, being the least racially diverse state. Um, But that isolation factor is we're already in a ruralized community. So you have to travel to really get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that adds to a lot of the, um, the addiction issues that we're already talking about. That comes up in the narrative a lot. When you look through the data, when you look through the 2020 pieces on addiction and all that stuff, they talk about the rural dynamics of Vermont. And that's why it's so unique here and why the opiate epidemic hit so hard because mm-hmm. of the depression that comes with being in rural communities and being isolated. Then you right, add right. on top of that, being a person of color and not having, you know, sometimes with, even within your own family, but then at least outside of your family, anyone to connect with on that level, mm-hmm. um, right there you are being hit from both angles. Right, right, right. So, you know, it's interesting, and you and I have talked about this. Um, I grew up in uh, Wallingford, Connecticut. And at the time that I grew up there, the only people of color that I saw were my family in the school. So I completely understand that. And then I moved here many, many, many years later. And like you said, you know, I think you were one of the first brothers I had seen, <laughs> unless I was, you know, <laughs> passing somebody on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we are far and in, in, in few in between um, up here. And so 
with that said, this mission to support children, um, the need for children of color to have supports. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's data out there. Thankfully, more of it is coming out. Not thankfully that it's happening, but thankfully that people are actually putting um, mind and paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, data coming out that's showing that, you know, even though there's fewer of us in this country, the numbers of black and brown youth that are committing suicide are higher. Right. And I think that it's the daily trauma of just existing as a person of color in this country. I mean, we, mm. we don't really need to delve into the, I won't even say politics because race is a political thing um, right. automatically at the outset, but the current administration and the policies that we're seeing coming out and all of that stuff like that is, that is daily trauma in your face 24 right. seven. And it's just these reminders that you are perceived as at least less than, or that there is somebody that automatically is going to hate you just because of the way that you look like there are daily reminders of that. So how can we not be exhausted? Yeah. How can we not feel traumatized? Then if you're coming from generational poverty or you're coming from um, a home where there's already uh, mental illness in the home, and we know that that's secular as well, and that can be generational as well, weighing on top of you, and then you throw in that rural dynamic, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for, for trauma and for um, harm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you are, I think you're you're 100% right. But one of the things um, that I'm a firm believer in is making sure that our children are resilient, our children of color are resilient. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean the old way of resilience of, yep, okay, yep, yep, they said that and I need to, I need to get over it. And that's just who they are. I mean, really resilient and having enough self-esteem to realize that the words that are coming out of that person's mouth are the most ridiculous and hateful things that can be said. And they don't affect me to the point um, because I know that I am a better individual and I believe in who I am and that I am a human being. And so, you know, I love being able to, um, to teach that aspect, um, and I think that that's so important with our with our um, with our children of color and 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 the youth, um, because they have to have that passion for their lives, right, and believe that they are someone uh, special and 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 have value. So absolutely, and th- that mindset is exactly why, um, you know, the program we haven't even delved into it, but that's why I named it Living Proof. Is that right there is proof that we succeed, that we not just survive, but that we can thrive with right. in light of everything that we're dealing with, that we still can um, look that person down in the face and know that our worth is not based on what that person's thoughts are, what that person's feelings are, or the hate that they're carrying around in their hearts towards us. Exactly. Exactly. So spot on. So I, I got a question for you here. Um, with this being uh, so racially, uh, to, or for for a lot of racial isolation up here, like you like you stated before, how the heck are you bringing mentors together with children? Where, <laughs> That's where, the most where, where are you finding part. all the black people? <laughs> that is the most challenging, difficult part. So it's like the irony of it is that the program is to combat that isolation and the rural landscape that we're living in, and yet that is the very challenge that I have with um, 
the program itself. Uh, So when I had done um, an interview with NHPR last summer and we talked about living proof, I didn't, it was the very first time I had spoken about it like in that way and publicly like that. And I didn't really have the forethought to think, Oh, now that I've talked about this on the radio, people are going to start reaching out. And they did like a lot of families came forward and I didn't articulate in that interview because again, I didn't think about the way it would be perceived that I live in the upper Valley. And at the time it was just me. Like I started it. And so I was the program. (laughs) And so then I have, there's only one black mentor, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's just me. So I have people contacting me from towns throughout Vermont, New Hampshire that I'd never even heard of at the time. And I've been here for a little over 20 years now and just places I've never been to or heard of and saying, is this available in my community? Is it in my child's school? Like they didn't really know what the model was supposed to be. Um, and they assumed it was this nationwide thing. And I was just a local person that was involved in it. Uh, um, so that was really challenging because I had to, you know, kind of explain to them, well, no, I'm just starting this now. Right, and right, right. so it kind of, um, the silver lining in that though, is it kind of helped me think about um, going at it from a different angle rather than trying to grow it at home, I started looking at ways that I could find black community members in the general area of where these families were contacting me from. Ah, right. And right, so right. the model of the program is different than, um, you know, some of the, uh, most of the other mentoring programs. Usually it's college students or it's based in a school or it's following one of these traditional models. And I wanted to be community-based members so that they're, we're coming from all different backgrounds because there's, we're, there's fewer of us. Because we're spread out throughout the state, it had to be done differently. And so I just started trying to think about it in that different way. Uh, so what yeah. started as a challenge essentially just became as a new and exciting way for me to look at approaching the program in and of itself. So now when a family reaches out to me and says, I want this for my son, I want this for my daughter or I have a student that I'm working with, et cetera, then I start, you know, taking a grassroots approach and really looking for people in these communities and trying to um, help make connections for people. You know, that's interesting that you say that uh, because, as you know, me and James are only two people. And uh, physically, I can't be everywhere at once. Mm. And I can't be in nine schools that we currently have and all the other schools that we're trying to get to to do trainings. So we have, you know, our model is really based on finding coaches within those communities of talent and placing them into the schools to support the children around their anxiety. So I completely understand your model. It is literally our model. (laughs) I think it's a great model. Um, And I think it's, I think it's a smart, smart model. Um, Really quickly before we go to break, I just want to ask you in a couple of words, community-wise, within these twin states, what would you like to see? In just a couple of words, what would you like to see for Living Proof Mentoring? I would love for it to play some role in creating like a statewide network of support for families, for black youth and their families. And that wording is specific as well, because the majority of the children that have become involved with the program so far, or, or even that their families have reached out, it's been um, children that have been adopted by white families. Mm, and yep. so there's a whole other dynamic there where we, even within their own family, they don't have someone to look at for that racial mirroring. 
Right. Um, so right. I would love to see it become a statewide network of support and that there's regular meetups happening and that, um, you know, we just become a stronger community as a whole. So awesome. So awesome. All right, you guys, it's time for a break. Um, if you or someone you know is currently struggling, remember, there is hope. Anytime, anywhere, the We Are Hope's telecoaching platform. Please give me a call today at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. You can also send me an email directly at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. If you'd like to follow the Center for Recovery Resource, you can follow them on Facebook at Recovery Resource Center. Again, that's at Recovery Resource Center. You can also check them out online at TLC Family rc.org slash the center and again that's tlc family uh, rc.org slash the center uh, you can also follow Living Proof Mentoring if, if you're if, if you're excited or you're a family uh, of color that are looking uh, for supports for your children, you can follow them on Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring. Again, that's at Living Proof Mentoring on Facebook or their website at lpmentoring.org. Again, that's lpmentoring.org. Uh, when we return, we're going to find out what's next for the Center of Recovery, Living Proof Mentoring, and how Wayne, through his work, is breaking the stigma through change. We'll be back in a moment. better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed if you are ready to be inspired energized and entertained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel listen for our lifestyle show star style be the star you are with our host cynthia bryant then on sundays at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern teens talk and the world listens on express yourself teen radio play with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel listen for mindful matters love sex spirit hosted by dr dory lynn dr dory is coming back sexy savvy and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience it's not retirement it's refirement it's fun it's deep listening just makes you feel good if you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world be sure to tune in to dr dory and mindful matters love sex spirit live every tuesday at 5 p.m eastern time 2 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel make an appointment listening right now build your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Do you know what it's like when it's so cold? You are listening to We Are Hope. If you are interested in asking a question or offering a comment about our program, please send an email to radio at wearehope.org. That's radio at wearehope.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to We Are Hope, Breaking the Sigma Through Change with me, your host, Sean Perry. I am coming to you live from the Space on Main in Bradford, Vermont on the Voice America Radio Empowerment Network. 
If you would like to contact me directly, you can email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. You can also call me directly at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, we are back uh, speaking with Wayne Miller of the um, Center for Recovery and Living Proof Mentoring. And what we want to talk about right now is what is next, Wayne, um, for the center? What, what's what's you know what's the big next step? You guys are doing so much. What's what's the next big step here? We are almost entirely focused on um, organizing our region's first recovery day community event, which will be at the end of September, it's September twenty eighth, the last weekend of the month. Um, that's going to bring people together um, to share some experiences in recovery, and we'll have like activities and events happening and raffles and all this stuff and. Um, in a park in Claremont. So we're really focused on that as part of our, like, you know, first anniversary celebration. Um, and then we are, as of this, is it Monday? Yeah, the second, we'll be launching our brand new ED emergency department recovery coaching program with Valley Regional Hospital in Claremont. And so we have two recovery coaches that will be on call to get called into the ED if somebody's there, whether they're there for their actual, you know, substance or addiction-related issue, that that's why they're seeking treatment. If they, mm. during their assessment, indicate that they have a history with addiction and they um, would like to speak with somebody, the nurse who's working with them will call the coach to come sit with them and talk about um, different options or resources wow. available to them they're waiting. That, that's awesome. Congratulations for you guys. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a really great resource. Yeah. So now what's next for Living Proof? What's the next step here? Um, so I've been working with, um, I currently have my, my fiscal sponsor is the Dream Program. It's a mentoring program that's been going for, um, just over 20 years now, I actually was um, one of the very first kids that was in that mentoring program. And so I had a history with them. I had a relationship. And so when I wanted to start Living Proof, I reached out to them. Um, thankfully, the executive director is, uh, the current director is one of the original mentors. So I knew him all the way back from, you know, when I was 10 years old. And I told him what I wanted to do. And so the organization stepped up and provided me with some fiscal sponsorship. And now we're talking about the possibility of merging Living Proof into being a dream program um, so that we can pilot um, that that affinity space, you know, level of connection through right. the channel resources that Dream already has throughout the state. That's so awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. I think that is absolutely uh, amazing and, and, and so needed. So let me ask you, how are you and your organization breaking the stigma through change? And what can others do? I think my first piece of advice for what can others do is always talk and or listen. So if you're talking too much, maybe take a step back and actually listen to what somebody's saying to you um, right. and let people be heard, let people feel seen. That yeah. is one of the biggest contributors, in my personal opinion, biggest contributors to ongoing, sustained mental health issues and active drug use is the lack of feeling seen, the lack of feeling heard, the lack of feeling validated, the lack of feeling like mm. you have love and belonging in your life. 
Such so a you, good point. You can just listen to someone and actually yeah. let them tell their story and speak their truth without, you know, instantly needing to dive in to fix or to try to patchwork yep. or slap this Band-Aid on it. Sometimes that's all they need. Yep. So Sometimes true. You're going to you're gonna love this emotional CPR training, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm you're really looking forward it. to it. Um. Well, listen, Wayne, I, I just really want to thank you um, for coming on the show today. Uh, you and I are always kind of missing each other and trying to connect. And I'm just glad that we were able to uh, to connect with this. We're going to you know, obviously do some some work together, whether it's the emotional CPR training or me coming down, doing some other trainings. And just I think we're going to connect and we're going to have a long uh, a long partnership in, in, in some way. Um, so I want to thank you for all of your hard work in the communities, uh, not just for the children of color or uh, those struggling with addiction. I think that your humanity and compassion for mankind will be remembered as a guiding light that we are all equal and deserve to have someone in our corner. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Sean. It's been it's been wonderful. Awesome. All righty, guys, listen, as we get to close, um, if you'd like to follow Wayne or the Center for Recovery, remember uh, they're on Facebook at Recovery Resource Center. Um, again, that's at Recovery Resource Center on Facebook. Uh, the website is tlcfamilyrc.org slash uh, the center. Again, that's tlcfamilyrc.org slash the center. Um, Living Proof Mentoring is on Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring. Again, that's Facebook at Living Proof Mentoring. And on the website uh, for Living Proof Mentoring is lpmentoring.org. Again, that's lpmentoring.org. As we come to a close, I, want to th- I would like you all to remember that someone you know or someone that you love or maybe even yourself is struggling in silence right now. Today is the day that they no longer have to. Today is the day that they or you can reach out for support. Today, you no longer have to be alone. Today is the day that you get to reclaim your voice and break the chain of silence and get the support that's needed. Like always, We are hope is here to help. We believe in your strength, even when you do not. Please give us a call today at 802-440-1428. Again, that's 802-440-1428. Or email me at radio at wearehope.org. Again, that's radio at wearehope.org. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wearehopeinc. Until next time, remember, it's okay to not be okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Hope radio show. Please join host Sean Perry again for another edition next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week. Time.